how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. This week in crime. Yeah. <laughs> hey strangers, what's up? It's your boy, Skinny Penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, how are you guys doing? Welcome to another This Week in Crime. And for those of you that are new to the podcast and not sure what the hell a new This Week in Crime even is, welcome to Strange Talk Podcast. But This Week in Crime is where I bring you strange, weird, or fucked up news articles from around the world or right here in good old America. And I basically just give you... I basically just... I basically just give you the information that the news articles have. I read the news articles, I discuss them, or I just plain read them, and you get all the information it is, just so that way you can sit comfortably in your chair if you're in your office at work or if you're driving in your car, so that way you don't have to be on your phone and actually cause an accident. So, in a way, Strange Talk Podcast is saving lives. (laughs) No, but seriously, um, yeah, welcome to another This Week in Crime. So, in This Week in Crime, This Week in Crime wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for one person and one person only because he he basically helps me through all this by gathering all of the fucking articles so if it wasn't for him i probably wouldn't be doing this segment of this week cry but it's for i have to give a big thank you to at rocky the collector for sending me all the wonderful and beautiful news articles that he sends me and if you haven't already you should really fucking ask yourself why because this guy Rock, at Rocky the Collector, you can find him on Instagram at Rocky the Collector. Has his own podcast and it's called The Collection. All right, and it's a pretty, really, really well done uh, podcast. And I'm actually fairly surprised at how well he actually has it down. But he's got it down. So, with that being said, first thing I want to talk about right now is the whole. I'm not really going to delve too much into. It. I know I'm a true crime podcast, but to be honest with you, I want to. St- god damn it my fucking chair is making a lot of noise but i want to stay far away from the recent shootings that have been going on i know that they've happened i'm i'm acknowledging them right now but the thing is i don't want to give them their i don't want to give the shooters their 15 minutes of fame because the media is already doing that okay i don't want to talk about i know i could talk about them and not mention the shooter the name or anything and i've seen some news media like some outlets do that but i'm not really going to talk about it too much because it sucks and it's it's a shame that we live in a time where it's becoming more and more of a frequent common thing that is happening but i mean come on let's face it we are living in a new modern civil war if you don't think so then i don't know what to tell you you live in a very very naive world you live in a bubble that i wish i could enter because it's true we are living in a time that's very scary it's always been scary though like this it's always been like this it's just i feel like especially americans i feel like i mean i'm american myself but i feel like especially americans we we like to live in this naive bubble of that where we surround ourselves with only us and it's just a safe zone but in reality it's not like that at all but having said that, uh, the one thing that really kind of bothers me is that our president, Donald Trump, or Donald Trump, is is blaming the shootings, the recent shootings that have happened, on violent video games. <laughs> and I feel like that's a personal attack, because as an avid gamer myself, okay, I play video games to this day still. I don't care. I'm 30 years old. 
and I will never stop playing video games until I cannot function. Like, I will never stop playing video games until I am on my deathbed, probably. I love video games. They are my outlet. They are my vice. They are my way for me. If it's not the podcast, it's video games. Those are the two things you'll probably see me doing on my days off is usually um, spending time with my daughter or playing video games or doing the podcast. Those are my only things that I do. I don't really do anything else. And I know that now that I'm saying that out loud, that sounds kind of rather sad, but oh well. But I feel like it's a personal attack because he's saying that the recent shootings are video games are to blame. And so even Walmart has come out and, and said that they're going to stop selling violent video games and they're going to stop promoting them. A memo, re- I saw a news article, which I'm not going to be reading. I, I forgot to pick it up. Um, and I, I already have all the articles I'm going to read today in this episode. But I, I saw a, a news article when I was like looking for other news articles and when uh, Rocky the Collector sent me one um, about violent video games not being sold at Walmart. There was a memo that was sent out to all its employees that said, uh, we are no longer going to be um, selling violent video games. We are to stop all promotions of violent video games. I get it. They have good intentions. I get it. You know, it's a good intention type of thing. You know, let's, let's stay clear from any controversy. I get it. You know, their business, but at, you know, first and then everything. But at the same time, I feel like it's a bit hypocritical because they still sell hunting weapons and gear and ammunition um i know in canada they still have the hunting i don't think the walmart that we have here in southern california has any hunting gear i don't know if they have any hunting rifles or if they even sell ammunition i know they used to back in the day but after the columbine shooting they stopped selling ammunition here but i do know in some states where hunting is like a very popular thing to do like maybe midwest the Midwest, I, I do believe they still sell ammunition and hunting rifles and shotguns and stuff like that. I, I like I said, I don't, you know, fucking fact check me. Is I'm just saying, just I'm pretty sure that they still do. And so that for that being said, I still feel like that's hypocritical of Walmart to go and say like, oh, we're gonna stop selling violent video games because apparently that's gonna put a stop to the people to go and shoot <laughs> up a school or shoot up a fucking. And that's sad because we can't go anywhere nowadays. You can't. We can't fucking go anywhere. Nowhere is safe. But I think it's always been like that. Nowhere is safe. Anything can happen to you. But don't let that be a reason for you not to go and live your life. Because then what's the point of living if you're not going to actually live it? You know what I'm saying? But just be careful. Be cautious. Just look at the warning signs. Just know that, you know. Another thing that I saw around the recent shootings was, I don't know who it was, if it was the first shooting that occurred recently. Um, I don't even know because to be honest with you, I just try to stay away from it because it just sucks. It's, it's just a constant reminder of the state of our, just the way life is right now. And I don't like it. So I don't, I don't really know too much of the information about, I just know the recent one because my fiance was talking about it a lot because she thought it was really sad. The one that happened in Texas, I believe it was at a festival where, um, that person shot with the intent of just killing mainly Mexicans, well, Latinos and, and stuff like that. So, uh, she was talking to me about that a lot and it does suck uh you know that that was his intention was just to go and kill those people because he believes so strongly in what (laughs) look if you're a donald trump supporter that's fine you have your every right to support donald trump if you believe his reasons and whatever he says and his rhetoric if you believe in it strongly that's fine that's good that's that's good that you believe in something it's good to believe in something rather than believe in nothing and just follow blindly but I do think that, in my opinion, that Donald Trump is um, 
just not giving the okay. He's not telling these people to go and shoot. That's not what I'm saying. He's not telling these people to go and shoot or anything. But in a sense, he is kind of giving the okay of doing certain things. I'm not saying that he gave the okay to go and shoot up um, the you know Mexicans over there in Texas or the Latinos in, in Texas. I'm not saying he's doing that. But what he what he did do was kind of give this like new wave of like it's okay to speak your mind and it is okay to speak your mind. But there is a point in time when you have to do it with respect and not do it to attack or just basically misalign an entire race. There is a difference of that. If you can intellectually speak your opinion without it causing any harm or anything of that nature, but then again, you, it's going to be hard for somebody who hates another race to actually intellectually speak about it. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can have a comfortable it will, probably won't be comfortable because I mean, if you're if you're attacking a race, it's never going to be fucking comfortable. But I, I, you, do you get where I'm trying to come from here? It, it's just he kind of gave this sense of like you know that's it. And and if if you're a person who strongly believes, who strongly strongly believes that it it's because of a certain race of people that is causing the decline of our government or the decline of our economy, then you really really need to step back. And look at it from a different perspective, because all it's do, all this is doing, all it's been doing, and they've been doing it for years, is just the government or people trying to just point the finger at somebody else instead of pointing it at them, because that's all it really is. That's all this is in the long run. It's all it is. It, it, it's the same concept of putting pitting the poor people against other poor people. That's all this is. That's all this has ever been. So that way the rich people can keep staying rich and the fat cats can still be fat cats. Well, the mice, which is us, just fending off each other and fighting each other. And that's all they're wanting. That's all they want. That's all they ever wanted is just so that way they can figure out how to keep themselves where they're at and you guys where you're at, which is us. We're at the bottom and we're going to stay at the bottom because that's where they want to keep us at instead of being at the top. Okay, they give us chances to be at the top, and some of us can 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 make it to the top if we really try and push hard. But you got to do some sick things in order to get there. Sometimes, you have to get rid of um. You, I mean, take for instance Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, okay, he's a good example of somebody who started from the bottom, maybe the middle, maybe started from the middle because technically there's no middle class anymore. I don't. You're either poor, or you're 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 rich, and I feel like that's how it is. So this might be ramblings of a madman right now, but that's how I feel. That's how I truly feel. But uh, take for instance, Jeff Bezos. Okay. Jeff Bezos started from something small and now look at him. He created this huge like company. Okay. Uh, but at the cost of people's lives sometimes. Uh, take for instance, people that work at his warehouses. Um, I've, I'm currently working at Amazon right now and I'm currently, I used to work for Amazon before and the, in the warehouse and everything, but I'm currently working for Amazon right now. And uh, when I was working at the warehouses, it, it's 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 a very very um, physical labor job. It's not that bad, but it, it can be very tiresome and taxing on your body, especially, you know, for somebody who's not used to physical labor as such as they do. And it's all just for because they they it's kind of like a it's not brainwashing. It's just it's just that's the way it is. And I guess in a sense, you can kind of see it as brainwashing, but it is, they always tell you it's for the customer. It's for the customer. It's for the customer. You have to do it this way. We move this fast. You have to keep this rate because it's for the customer. We have to make the customer's needs. We're customer obsessed. That's something they drive into you. The minute you step into the door, the minute you start your job, it's customer obsession. That's what they call it. Okay. Now, 
Um, I have to say this because I do work for Amazon because it's something they also tell you too during orientation. This is just simply my opinion and my views. It is not the views of Amazon, nor is it the opinions of Amazon. This is simply just coming from me and me only. Okay. I have to say that. <laughs> I'm not joking. They really tell you if you're saying anything like that, whether it's on Instagram, any social media platform, you have to say that just so that way they can save grace. Um, but yes. Uh, so uh, having said that, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, every you can't have you ha you can't find a middle you can kind of find a middle ground but everything comes at a cost okay and that's what we have to understand and, and it's if you are are a person who's willing to do that to get to where you want to get to now enough about all that stuff i felt like i was rambling too much like a madman let's get on to why you're listening to this fucking episode to begin with but going back to the whole um shootings i'm not talking about that but i am talking about gun violence because it is since the shootings and since the vegas shootings since all the shootings have been occurring even the one that happened uh near where i live which is marina valley california and santa and san bernardino i believe it was the hospital shooting it was a terrorist act i believe i don't really remember it happened a couple years ago or maybe a year ago but um now, gun violence and just basically gun control is being a new hot topic, a new hot debate. But here's an interesting article that was sent to me. It is Universal Scraps the Hunt release following gun violence uproar. I, apparently, it was a movie that was being done by Universal Studios. Uh, Universal has decided to scrap the release of The Hunt, an R-rated satire in which elites hunt deplorables for sport. Following a series of mass shootings across the country, the film has been set to hit theaters September 27th. The studio's announcement on Saturday came a day after President Donald Trump took aim at the pick. Though he didn't identify it by name and Hollywood saying on Twitter, liberal Hollywood is racist at the highest level and with great anger and hate. They like to call themselves elite, but they are not elite. In fact, it is often the people that they stay so strongly opposed that are actually the elite. The movie coming out is made in order to inflame and cause chaos. They create their own violence and then try to blame others. They are the true racists and are very bad for our country. <laughs> this is coming from the same guy who had a reality TV show called The Apprentice, what was made by Hollywood, in a sense. Anyways, even before Trump weighed in, the movie sparked an outcry on social media amid the public anger over gun violence. While networks entered into the conversation when ESPN pulled an ad for the film that it had previously cleared. Subsequently, Universal pulled all its spots. While Universal Pictures had already paused the marketing campaign for The Hunt, after thoughtful consideration, the studio has decided to cancel our plans to release the film. The studio said in Saturday's statement, We stand by our filmmakers and will continue to distribute films in partnership with bold and visionary crea creators, like those associated with the satirical social thriller. But we understand that now is not the right time to release this film, and we're still going to release it because of money. <laughs> they didn't say that part. I added that part. But that's honest truth. Fucking, we paid all this money for the movie. Of course we're going to fucking have this movie come out. You crazy? <laughs> The violent movie from producer Jason Bloom's Bloomhouse Productions follows a dozen individuals who wake up in a clearing and realize they are being stalked for sport by elite liberals. Ew. <laughs> Directed by Craig Zabal, The Hunt was written by Damon Lindolf and Nick Coos. The movie stars Betty Giplin, Gilpin and Hilary Schwank. Hilary Schwank! I remember her. Her teeth are very big. <laughs> Representing opposite sides of, of the political divide. 
This was a decision that the studio came to with the Hunt filmmaking team, but ultimately it was about making the right decision right now. It was a tough call for the company, but studio leadership led by Donna Langley all agreed that this film could wait, a studio source said. A day after The Hollywood Reporter reported last week that the studio was reevaluating its marketing and overall strategy for the film, the studio officially suspended its marketing campaign. The trio of recent mass shootings in Ohio, Texas, and California, which resulted in over 30 deaths, had reignited the national debate about gun control. Now, that's crazy. Uh, the, the thing is, is, going back to just the whole shooting and everything, one thing I have noticed, and I saw a meme about it. It was actually a meme that makes more sense than people nowadays. And it's sad, in my opinion. But I saw a meme where it showed, um, it showed three pictures of African-Americans being arrested. And they each pe- each, each picture each picture fuck each picture showed what they were being arrested for and the way they were being treated in the picture one was being one was uh his head was being slammed onto the car now again this is just a picture it's a still frame it's not showing what led up to it it's not showing you know so we don't really know the whole story but the point i'm trying to make is i still think very valid and something that should be discussed and talked about and i see nobody talking about it I'm pretty sure maybe people talk about it in secret or maybe people some have some you know dialogue and conversations that are not being recorded or presented in the media. But this is what I would want to see talked about in the media is what I'm saying. Now, in the picture, it shows him being – his head's being slammed down on the hood of the, one of the police vehicles that's arresting him. And he was only being arrested because he was speeding. And I guess he probably didn't want to give his ID or something. Another uh, picture of an African-American was showing him being shot at while his hands were being up um, when he was trying to save another person's life. I believe, I remember hearing about that incident too. It was an African-American man who was trying to help out. I believe he was deaf or he might've been special or he might've been, yeah, it might've Down syndrome or he was um, mentally handicapped, something of that nature. And the, the man was going out there to fucking like put a stop to it and try to warn the cops like, hey, hey, there's something wrong with him. He's not right in the head. Just, you know, don't shoot. And they shot at him. And I believe he got struck too. I, I could be wrong. You know, so look it up. Tell me if I'm wrong. Say, hey, you fucking stupid idiot. You got it wrong. But just tell me. But, you know, he was being shot at. Okay. He got shot. I mean, not he was shot at, but he was also got shot. He got struck. And then another one showed um, this other guy being shot when he told the officer that he was carrying a, a weapon and that he had papers to do so. He bought everything. Everything was in the up and up. Okay. But he, sh- he was shot and he died. And I saw that video too because his fucking girlfriend or his wife or his fiance at the time recorded the video of him dying because the officer shot him because the officer got scared and he didn't, he was, he, the officer didn't know if he was going to reach for his weapon or not. And so the officer fucking shot him. Now I understand that being a police officer isn't a fucking easy job. Okay. You have to deal with countless of other people's problems. Your job is a public servant in a sense. You are there to uphold the law and you are there to basically be a public servant. And that's kind of what it is. And it's not an easy job. It's something that I did want to do at one point in my life, but I, I don't think I have the fucking balls to fucking do it, but (laughs) that's just me. But uh, it is a very hard job to do. It's not something easy to do. There's so many countless problems with uh, police officers after coming off the job and everything like that. But having said that, the one thing that I want to be discussed and like discussed, disgusted, discussed that I haven't seen people talk about, maybe this will probably, you know, enlighten you, is that they showed a picture of one of the shooters. I don't know from which shooting, but it was a white person. 
Because let's face it, the majority of these shootings are happening from white people. Now, I, you know, I'm just saying this is the information that's out there. I'm not saying that, you know, every white person's crazy and wants to kill you. I'm just saying that's what's being, that's what's happening. But the meme says like speeding, uh, trying to help another person being shot, get, get shots, get shot, um, getting shot in his own car when he told the police officer he had a gun and he's legally allowed to carry the gun because it's open carry law or something like that. And then it shows a white person being arrested, just arrested. And he's a person who killed people because he was doing a shooting. Now, that's what's crazy about that. Nobody fucking talks about that is the way like somebody who says that, you know, there's no racism still. You are fucking stupid. I'm sorry. You're just plain stupid <laughs> and you're naive. And maybe you've never experienced it before. But I remember once, uh, one time, I have experienced, I, I wouldn't, I guess it would be race, like, you know. So I was working at a Walgreens back in like 2008. It was like a long time ago, obviously, because it was in 2008. <laughs> what a way to tell a story. Anyways, <laughs> so um, I was working at a Walgreens. I was a cashier at the time. And um, <clears throat> at that particular time, it was very busy. But this little girl comes in with her dad and her other family. And um, her dad was um, white or he could have been Mexican or Jewish. I don't really know. But he, to me, seemed white. And uh, he's, his wife was African-American or it could have been his girlfriend. I don't know. And they had two other kids. But his little daughter came up because she wanted to buy a lollipop. Now, for some reason, this lollipop was not ringing up and we have to get a price check. So I told her, hold on. I have to get a price check. But like I said, we were really, really fucking busy. There was a line starting to form behind this little girl. So I told her, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, honey. You have to wait because there's a lot. I mean, you have to wait because I have to get a price check. But because it was so busy, everybody else was on a register trying to help out and, you know, get rid of the congestion. So I was, I had to wait a really long time to try to get somebody to just look up the price for a fucking lollipop. Now, I know you're probably thinking there's probably something else I could have done. I was going to just say it was like 79 cents because I could do that. I was just going to say it was like 80 cents or something just so she, she can get out and get on with her day and everything. But my manager said, you can't do that. Okay. And I really hate that he said that, but yeah, he said, you can't do things like that. Like you can do it, but I have to be there to give the okay for you to do it. So anyways, I decided to just like have her wait because I didn't really want to get bitched at because I got in trouble previously from the day. But anyways, so I told her just hang on, but I don't know for some reason, maybe she didn't hear me or maybe she just didn't know. She went outside and she told her dad that I didn't want to sell her the lollipop. So he comes in all mad and he's like, why don't you want to sell my daughter the lollipop? And I was like, I didn't say I didn't want to sell her the lollipop. I said to just hold on because I have to get a price check. But for some reason he was just so mad. He was like fucking upset that he didn't want to listen or something. He just got so mad at me, started cussing me out. And then he called me a fucking dirty Mexican saying like, why do you know how to, does your dirty ass, does your dirty Mexican ass know how to even read? And that's what he told me. And I was just like, yeah, I do, sir. Would you still like me to sell you the lollipop? And he just took off and he got all mad and he took his daughter by the hand. He's like, come on, let's go outside. And he proceeded to argue with his fiance or girlfriend or something. And he threw his cup of coffee down in the ground. I don't know what they were talking about after that, but I just seen it happening outside the store. But yeah, I guess that's kind of like the only time that I, no, that's not the only time. Another time too was when um, I was looking for uh, work. I was looking for a job and um, I go by Ernest, but 
my actual name is Ernesto. And what I noticed was when I was applying for jobs as Ernesto, I wasn't ever really getting callbacks. But as soon as I put my name as Ernest, <laughs> I started getting callbacks. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, I can't say with definitive proof that yes, that's because of racism. It just be could, I don't know what it could be fucking be. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> moving on. A man accidentally throws away $23,000 into a recycling bin. Uh, a man who accidentally tossed $23,000 into the recycling bin reunited with his life savings Saturday after a worker at a recycling facility in Northern California spotted a shoebox stuffed with money. Kudos to that fucking recycling employee for not actually keeping it. I know my ass would have been like, I need that $23,000 so I can spend it on shit that I don't actually need. When the man from Ashland, Oregon realized his mistake on Thursday, the recycling bin had already been emptied into a truck bound for the Recology Sorting Facility in Hamboldt County. The facility's general manager told the Santa Rosa Press Democrat most of the recyclables from the truck had been sorted by the time the man contacted Recology. Workers were nonetheless told to be on the lookout for the box. Someone spotted the box down the sorting line Friday and recovered all but $320. The money somehow stayed in the box during the 200-mile trip to the facility. So the person probably only took... Well, one of those workers probably only took $320 for whatever they needed it for, probably a bill or something, and just decided, like, maybe if I just leave this, because they're probably thinking, like, what the fuck? That's probably drug money, man. I ain't going to fucking take that shit. I'll only take a little bit, so just in case, they'll just be like, okay, not all of it's gone, just $320 is gone. <laughs> they're probably like, I know how to handle this. No, but yeah, that has to suck. Can you imagine losing 23 $2,300? Wait, no, $2,300. $23,000. I'm stupid. Anyways, let's talk about the next article. This one is gang. I feel like I talk like fucking William Shatner or something. Lieutenant is now rocket man. Uh, gang leader attempts prison escape disguised as his daughter. I've seen the video for this too, by the way. And if you haven't seen the video for it, it's actually fucking amazing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I wish, I wish I could say the reason why I was fooled was because I was high, but no, I was not, unfortunately. But when I first saw the video, because I saw it without any context, to be honest with you, um, I frequent this website. Well, I have the app, but there's it's also a website. It's called Imager. I call it Imger. I know if you're a person who frequents uh, Imager, then you know what I'm talking about. But it's basically a picture website sharing place where you can like share funny pictures that you find, memes, what have you. That's where I get most of my memes from is Imager. And um, that's where I happened to see this video. So I saw it without context. I just clicked on it. I didn't see the video because sometimes I just swipe and I don't really read the title or anything. And I just saw it. And um, it's a, it was a GIF, not a video. But the, I guess the GIFs have sound now. So it's almost like a video. And um, I saw it. But uh, basically this gang leader attempts a prison escape disguised as his daughter. Uh, a Brazilian drug trafficker attempted to escape from prison on Saturday by disguising himself as his daughter and then switching places with her. Authorities said 42-year-old, I'm going to probably say this really fucking white and fucked up, Calvino da Silva tried to sneak out of a prison complex in Rio de Janeiro by wearing a silicone mask, a wig, a black bra, and a tight t-shirt with three pink donuts on it. 
De Silva is serving a 73-year sentence for drug trafficking, and he apparently plans to leave his 19-year-old daughter in prison to do the time. Oh my god, it's so fucked up. The plan didn't work, though, because prison guards saw through the disguise when De Silva asked for his daughter's ID while attempting to leave, according to The Guardian. After guards discovered it was really De Silva, he came clean about his disguise. Footage released by prison officials shows the suspect removing his disguise, including peeling off a silicone mask he wore to make himself look like his daughter, according to the New York Times. <clears throat> the Times noted that De Silva was one of 31 prisoners who attempted to escape another person via the sewer system. His daughter was one of eight people who were arrested on suspicion of helping him attempt the escape. Jesus. He has since been moved to another jail unit, and he will face punishment for the attempt, according to Reuters. Before his arrest, De Silva was one of the leaders of the Red Command, a powerful Brazilian criminal group that controlled drug trafficking in a large part of Rio, according to the Associated Press. So you have to see these pictures. I'm probably going to post them on um, Strange Talk Podcast on Instagram. So you can, if you're not following me, follow me at Strange Talk Podcast. Um, so you can see those pictures because it's fucking crazy. I'll, I'll even get the video. I'll get the video up there so that way you don't have to do the searching. But if you want to do the searching, then so be it. Do the searching. But yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's sad though. He's going to leave his daughter to do the time for him. That's fucked up. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next ep X episode. Next fucking um, news article. So this one comes from um, also Rocky the Collector. It's a woman puts octopus on her face and ends up in the hospital. Let's find out why, shall we? A Washington woman's photo with an octopus not only went viral, but it also led to a serious infection after the creature bit her chin. Jesus. Jamie Biselig? Biselig? Jamie Biselglia? Biselglia? was participating in a salmon, fi salmon fishing derby in Tacoma Narrows on Saturday when she realized she probably wasn't going to win that event. However, she saw another opportunity for glory when she spied on an octopus. When she spied an octopus, one of her friends had caught. I grabbed it off the hook and said, take a picture for the photo contest, Basilia told Huffington Post, which is where I got the article from. She put the cephalopod on her face and said the tentacles covered her ears and nose. It was perfect for a fun photo, except when the octopus bit down on her chin. My friends noticed my face had changed, she said. We couldn't get to the beak. We couldn't get the beak to dislodge. It was like a prong. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, octopuses or cephalopods have uh, beaks that can actually tear into the flesh of fish, which isn't really that hard to tear into to be honest with you. But um, yeah, that's what that's, they have beaks and they're actually very hard and sharp. Although Basilia eventually freed herself from the octopus, she bled profusely for 30 minutes afterwards. There's still a pus pocket and there's a spot under my chin, she said. Basilia waited two days until the fishing derby was over to seek medical attention. That's probably what led to her infection. That may not have been the best move. The as the left side of her face was paralyzed and there was lots of swelling, they took me in stat, by, but the IVs didn't work and my arm swelled up like an elephant, she said. Now she is on antibiotics and a quest of sorts. I want people to not do what I did, she said. My advice is know what you're touching beforehand. Basilia did get revenge of sorts. She boiled and grilled the creature and served it on a salad. On a salad. On a salad. Her photo has since received worldwide attention, but Basilia won't find out if it, if she if it won the one hundred dollar photo contest until later this week. Of course, if she doesn't win after all she's been through, 
that would add insult to injury. Not only that, $100 is not even going to probably co- like cover the fucking cost of her medical expense at that point. That's kind of stupid. <laughs> That's dumb. Anyways, <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the next article. So this one is a bit of a sad one, unfortunately, but apparently the body of a missing teenager, um, her name was Nora Corinne, found in Malaysia. The body of teenager Nora Corinne went. The body of teenager Nora Corinne, who went missing in Malaysia, has been found. Local police and a charity assisting the family confirmed this Tuesday. Corinne's family identified the 15-year-old who disappeared on August 4th after police earlier reported that a body had been found in the forest around the resort where they had been on vacation. The family has been brought in to identify the body found today, and they have confirmed that the body is indeed Nora Ann. Mohammed Matt Youssef, the state police chief, said according to Reuters. The Lucy uh, Blackman Trust, or LBT, which has been providing assistance to the Corinne, said in a statement that it could confirm with great sadness that the body found today is that of missing teenager Nora Corinne. Local police have confirmed identification, LBT added. Search teams had been scouring the rainforest surrounding the Dusan Resort since Corinne, who has a learning disability, was found to be missing from her bedrooms nine days ago. Corinne, whose mother is from Belfast and whose father is French, was traveling on an Irish passport during the trip. LBT asked for the family to be given privacy at this time. Her parents offered a 10,000 euro or 12,000 American dollars rewarded for information leading to the return of their daughter. After receiving a donation from an anonymous business in Belfast, Northern Ireland, it came after Corinne's family crowdfunded donations which exceeded 100,000 euros or $120 US currency. Nora would not know how to get help and would never leave her family voluntarily, her aunt wrote in the appeal. Nora is a child with special needs and has a learning and developmental disabilities which make her especially vulnerable and we fear for her safety. The resort where the family was staying is in a remote area 800 feet above sea level in the uh, Titiwangsa mountain range. It contains six houses, each surrounded by rainforest and has capacity for just 20 guests. So it's unfortunate, but they were hoping for a happy ending, but unfortunately it is not a happy ending. So let's go on to the next article. Sad, 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 sad. And still bringing in some more kind of misery. misery. And as somebody who has a child, I know this one is kind of like a fucking fear for me. But um, luckily, everything's peachy keen with my daughter. So, so far, you know, knock on wood. Anyways, a United Kingdom mother is warning other new parents after her 11-month-old son, Oliver, developed sepsis that led to the removal of all four of his limbs including one she claimed self-amputated when his diaper was being changed. Oh my fucking God. Abigail Wardle from Cleethorpes, England, told Yahoo Style UK she first took Oliver to a medical clinic on March 16th. Fuck. Anybody who listens to my podcast in the UK, let me know if I said that. Is it Cleethorpes or is it Cleethorpes or Cleethorpes, England? Let, 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 Let me know. Oliver to a medical... I sound like I have a fucking stutter or like a speech impediment. (laughs) On March 16th, when the young boy seemed a bit under the weather, Wardle claims a doctor sent them home, instructing her to give Oliver fluids and uh, basically children's Tylenol. But his condition quickly went downhill. It's because I don't know how to say the actual proper medical term. 
uh, acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So that's why I just said children's Tylenol. <laughs> but his condition quickly went downhill. By that night, Oliver was seemingly sicker. Wardle described him as lifeless. When I moved him, it was though his. Oh, I gotta say it in a British accent. I'm gonna say it as a British woman. When I moved him, it was as though his bones were aching. She recalled. The next day, Wardle told Yahoo Style UK she took Oliver back to the doctor. Upon arrival, a nurse became immediately concerned, and the young boy was quickly rushed to the emergency care. At this point, Wardle wasn't clear what was wrong with her son, telling the publication it was all a blur. I could hear a doc. Oh, sorry. I could hear a doctor on the phone to another hospital asking how to treat Oliver. She said. His hand and feet had started to go purple, and I just remember thinking he must be cold and telling them to put some socks on him. Oliver, I'm, I feel kind of bad because this is not something to joke around <laughs> with. <laughs> Oliver was reportedly placed in a medical-induced coma. That sucks. He's just four months, isn't he? He's just four. Yeah, he's, I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, Oliver was reportedly placed in a medical-induced coma, and doctors working quickly to determine what was sickening Oliver discovered he was suffering from a previously undiagnosed throat infection, which had turned septic. Wardle told Yahoo Style UK, she claims Oliver never showed signs of any infection of any kind. Sepsis, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, is defined as the body's extreme response to an infection. It's considered to be a life-threatening medical emergency. Sepsis happens when an infection you already have in your skin, lungs, urinary tract, or somewhere else triggers a chain reaction throughout your body. The CDC adds, without timely treatment, Sepsis can rapidly lead to tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. Signs and symptoms typically include a high heart rate, fever, shivering, confusion, shortness of breath, extreme pain, and clammy or sweaty skin. If you're feeling any of these, go to the fucking doctor right now. Can you imagine though? Like, I'm reading all these fucking symptoms, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, I, I'm sh I'm shivering. Is my heart rate high? I feel confused. <laughs> my palms are sweaty. Mom, spaghetti. Uh, in children, poor the UK sepsis trust. Symptoms include breathing very fast, skin that looks bluish, pale, or mottled, lethargy, and feeling, I don't even know what lethargy is, and feeling cold to the touch. The child may also have a rash that does not fade when touched. Wardle did not say if she noticed any of these signs in her son prior to his emergency hospital visit. Oliver's sepsis was severe, causing the young boy to lose all four of his limbs. Fuck. In a June 4th Facebook post regarding her son's health, Wardle claims one of his limbs, his left leg, self-amputated when she and a nurse attempted to change the boy's diaper. You heard that right. Let me repeat that. Wardle claims, okay, that one of his limbs, his left leg to be exact, self-amputated, meaning that it actually came off when she and a nurse attempted to change the boy's diaper. That's how serious his fucking condition was. It fucking basically ripped off when she pulled the diaper off. Now that's how serious it fucking is. Can you imagine the horror that that mom was probably seeing when she saw her son's left leg just rip apart when she when the fucking nurse or her pulled the diaper off? That's scarier than any fucking horror movie. I fuck. That's sad. <laughs> The dreaded happened, which no mother should have to see, she said, adding she was absolutely dramatized by seeing what she saw. Most importantly of all, Oliver is still that smiling baby as always. He just breaks my heart. I just can't believe he's still smiling after what he's been through. 
What a tough little man I have, she continued, noting her son is such an inspiration. Oliver later had his other limbs removed, a surgery that Wardle said improved his condition dramatically. Once he had his limbs removed, he was like a different child, so happy and full of life, it seemed like a relief for him, and she told the news outlet. Oliver was discharged from the hospital in July and is now recovering at home. Woo! I had no idea how ill Oliver was, but if he hadn't gone into the hospital when he did, he wouldn't be here today, she said. Adding she hopes to spread awareness about sepsis and condition that Ron Daniels, the chief executive of the Sepsis Trust, told Yahoo Style UK, is notoriously difficult to spot. Some people might feel sorry for us, but I feel like the luckiest mum in the world. That's how British people say mother. Mum. In the world, Wardle said. I still have Oliver with us. He might not have any hands or feet, but he is still my smiley, brave little boy. Wardle did not return Fox News request for additional comment, which is where I was sent the article from, which is Fox News. That's sad, though. I, I like. I'm not saying that she should have, but I just, it's just saying it sucks because he's gonna grow up knowing that he's different, and hopefully he tackles that head on. And I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping that he, he, because there's not just because he has that type of disability shouldn't let him be a factor. He should still be able to enjoy his life. He should still be able. But I don't know because me. I, Fuck. I have all my arms and sometimes I'm just like, why do I have to live my life? <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to the next article. A New Jersey family terrorized by the watcher sells home at a loss. The family began receiving ominous notes three days after they closed on their dream home back in 2014 and they never even moved in. It sounded like it could be a script from a horror movie. A family began receiving ominous notes just days after they closed on their dream home. But for Derek and Maria Brodus, Brodus, the tension surrounding their house in New Jersey over the years has been real. So real that they sold the property. 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. In Westfield Boulevard, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my day. Anyways, in July at a loss, according to county records, they have never moved in. The house built in 1905 sold on July 1st for about $959,000, according to records filed with the Union County's clerk office. The listing on Zillow shows a single-family home is about 3,920 square feet set on nearly half an acre. The Brodos uh, bought the six-bedroom colonial home in the affluent suburb for $1.3 million in 2014, records show. Geez, that's how much they paid for, $1.3 million, so they... Sold it at a pretty good loss. Record show. The nightmare that followed over the letters the family received was chronicled in a New York Magazine article last year, and Deadline reported the net that Netflix purchased the rights to the story in December. Fuck Netflix, he's savage. Just up and fucking bought that shit. The Brodos, the Brodos, the, the Brodos or the Brodoses, whatever, did not return a request for the comment on Friday. Three days after the couple closed on the home in 2014, they they probably sold it. I think it was. The, they, well, obviously, because they chronicled the fucking letters that they were receiving, so Netflix is going to make a movie about it, so yay to that if you're excited to see a fictional dramatization of what happened to this family. But uh, they probably sold the rights to make a movie, and they probably got a pretty good chunk of it, because Netflix is just... That's why I'm not surprised, because I'm somebody who wanted to be a filmmaker. I'm going off topic. I'm not even going to talk about that anymore. Let me just... Let's just stick to the article. But anyways, I'm pretty sure they just sold the rights so they could get some money back from the loss of selling their house. Three days after the couple closed on the home in 2014, according to New York Magazine, Mr. Brodos received the first of many menacing notes from someone who went only by the name 
the Watcher. The writer, whose identity the couple said they never learned, appeared to be spying on the family from somewhere nearby. The writer noted the make of the couple's car and the comings and goings of construction crews and observed that the couple had three young children. He or she wrote, was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it agreed to bring, or was it agreed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw to them. Draw them to me, is what he says. Actually, Mister Bredis called the police, and the couple immediately emailed the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods, asking if they had gotten such letters. They had lived in the home for 23 years without incident, Miss Woods said, though they had received one letter from the watcher just a few days before they moved out, said Richard J. Caplow, the lawyer who had represented the Woods after the Brodesses sued them on Friday. The letter was non-threatening and made no claim of any possession of the house, Mr. Caplow said. Two weeks later, another note arrived. New York Magazine reported, The workers have been busy, the writer noted. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. <laughs> At first, the Brodesses wondered if the writer was someone who had made a failed bid to buy the house, but that theory was quickly dismissed. Suspicion then fell on the house next door, where a widow in her 90s lived with several adult children who were in their 60s. The police questioned one of the adult children, but he had denied knowing anything about the letters. Mr. Brodess set up webcams and hired private investigators, including a retired FBI agent but his team was unable to solve the mystery. The couple grew suspicious of other neighbors and began having nightmares. They had sold their own home and were staying with Miss Brodus's parents' nearby, terrified at the notion of moving into the new house. They were fighting and stressed. They soon decided to sell. But rumors had begun to fly around the town about why they hadn't moved in. No one was buying. They lowered the price and disclosed the information. They lowered the price because I feel like I said price. They lowered the price and disclosed the information about the letters to prospective buyers. They also filed a lawsuit against the Woods for not informing them of the letter they received. It was later dismissed. When a local reporter found the complaint and reported on it, the story went viral. News trucks parked outside the home and the couple was deluged, deluged with requests from the media. In this small town of ours, this whole watcher house thing was a big deal at the time, Mr. Kuplow said on Friday. The story put many residents on edge. Some even accused the couple of orchestrating a hoax, which the Brodos have denied. The couple were eventually able to rent the house. Reached by telephone on Friday, the new owners of the house, identified on the deed as Andrew and Allison Carr, declined to comment citing concerns about privacy. Nor would they answer questions about their purchase, such as whether they had known about the history of the house before considering it. Beth Sullivan, the real estate agent who was listed as involved in the sale, also declined to comment on Friday. Lee Levette, the Brodus's lawyer, did not return requests for a comment on Friday. So that's crazy. What would you do if you started receiving letters from somebody who claimed themselves as the Watcher? That's, I mean, I, it has to be scary. But then again, you know, who knows? What if it is just the, it, 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 you ever seen the movie Duplex? It, it stars Ben Stiller and Drew Barrymore. I'm talking to you like as if I'm actually talking to you guys. What the fuck is wrong with me? But anyways, there's a movie called Duplex. stars Drew Barrymore, Ben Stiller, and they're a new couple trying to have a kid, trying to you know start their fucking life and everything. And they move into this duplex and they want the other room because they would it would it, they would just expand it so it could be almost like a home for them. But it's a little duplex and there's like a little old lady that lives in there, but she's like really fucking weird and mean and and not she's not mean. She's like sweet, but like. 
she does things that are very annoying to Ben Stiller and Drew Barrymore's characters, but it's basically like this little like like scam that they do. So I'm spoiling a fucking what is it like a ten year old movie, but yeah, it's basically a scam. The landlord that's his mother, and they basically so what if the Woods are doing that? They were the ones that probably sent them the letters, so that way they could get the house back at very cheap and keep the money that was sold to them for the house. See, so it's like a scam. Anyways, moving on to the last article for this week in crime. So let's get to the last article. A woman lost her hands and legs to an infection from puppy kisses. Yes, so if you're a dog lover, be cautious, be weary, because this woman lost her hands and legs to an infection from puppy kisses. (laughs) Days after returning home from... Punta Caña Vacation, <laughs> Marie Trainer called out of work with a backache and nausea. Then her temperature spiked and dropped, sending her to a local Stark County, Ohio emergency room in the early hours of May 11th. When Trainer woke in a hospital bed nine days later, her hands and legs had been amputated. It took doctors seven days to discover Trainer and cured a severe infection, not from a topical travel disease as they first suspected, from her German Shepherd's kisses. Jesus. Trainer contracted a rare inf- contract trainer contracted 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 a rare infection from the from the bacteria. Okay, I'm I'm probably gonna really say this wrong. Capnocytophaga canamorsis. Probably when her German Shepherd puppy Taylor licked an open cut. Dr. Margaret Kobe, the medical director of infectious disease at Altman Hospital in Canton, Ohio, treated Trainer and described her as delirious when she entered the intensive care unit. Shortly after she entered the intensive care unit, she became unconscious. Her skin started changing rapidly to a purplish red color, and then it progressed into gangrene. Trainer then developed a blood clot. It was difficult to identify. We're kind of the detectives. Uh, We're kind of the detectives. We went through all these diagnoses until we could narrow things down, Kobe said. The infection spread to the tip of her nose, ears, legs, and face. She didn't lose parts of her face, but her extremities is what she had to have surgery on, Kobe said. The family sought a second opinion, hoping to save Trainer's limbs, but doctors said the damage had already been done. Blood tests and cultures confirmed the diagnosis of the (laughs) capnocytophenga. I know I'm probably saying that wrong. That was a pretty hard pill for us to all swallow. To say she was fine a couple days ago on vacation and now she's actively getting worse by the minute and now her hands and feet aren't alive like this doesn't happen. Stuff like this doesn't happen. I don't. I think that's what they meant, but it just says like this doesn't happen. It's 2019, said Gina Premier, trainer's stepdaughter and a nurse at Altman Hospital. Trainer has had eight surgeries so far and is working with doctors to be fitted for prosthesis. This is off the scale, one of the worst cases we have seen in terms of how ill people become with infections, Kobe said. She was close to death. A rare case of illnesses in humans. Marie Trainer says she knows her German Shepherd puppy licked a slightly infected scratch when the bacteria spread to humans. They do so through bites, scratches, or or other close contact with dogs and cats, according to the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. Most people in contact with dogs and cats don't get sick, and it's rare for a capnocytophaga to cause illnesses in humans. 
those are great those at greatest risk are people with weakened immune systems such as cancer patients and people who have had their spleens removed the cdc said so if you have cancer or you just recently had your spleen removed don't get licked by a cat or dog those who become ill may show symptoms within three to five days although some may show signs earlier or later the cdc says in rare cases, patients can develop sepsis. About 3 in 10 people who develop a severe infection die, CDC statistics show. Capnocytophaga had been detected in up to 74% of dogs, according to the CDC. Animals can be tested for it, but those results can change according to the CDC. Capnophaga isn't on the CDC's list of reportable diseases, and experts say it's hard to pin down numbers on how rare these infections are. A 2015 report found fewer than 500 laboratory-confirmed cases that had been reported since 1961, though the bacterium was not officially named as a new species until 1989. Marie and Matthew Trainer have two dogs, and she says she has no intention of parting with them. She asked her doctors if she could see her dogs again during her healing process. The pups have come to Altman Hospital twice for a visit. They brought them here two times at the hospital so I can see them, and that just put the biggest smile on my face, she said. Even though it's your fucking fault that I'm in this situation, she probably thinks. <laughs> Marie Trainer owns a salon. She and her husband own a local bar. They love riding motorcycles. Now their community has rallied around them to help raise money to support Trainer's medical expenses. A GoFundMe page has raised nearly $20,000, and a recent pool tournament fundraiser for Marie was standing room only, Trainer's son, Matthew Trainer Jr., said. I don't get what that means. I can't believe how everybody has come forward to help and even uh, people I don't know from other states. And it's unbelievable the people that have come out to help. I just don't know how to thank them all, Marine Trainer said. She hopes to attend the next fundraiser event on August 31st, a motorcycle poker run and dinner sponsored by friends from another local restaurant. So that was the last article that I have for you for this week in crime thank you for tuning in and listening to this week in crime without you the listener strange talk podcast would not be what it is and also another special big thank you to at rocky the collector because without that fucking guy without his massive big dick energy sending me all those articles i probably would not even do this week in crime so having said that if you want a news article you stumble upon some interesting news article that you want to send my way you can do so via instagram or my email my instagram is at strange talk podcast what's that again it's at strange talk podcast which you can find me on instagram send me a dm send me the article send me memes i enjoy memes i like the good memes every now and then the spicier memes um and you can send me there or my email via Oh, excuse me, I burped a little bit <laughs> via email at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. What's that email again? It's strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. So send me articles, send me stuff, send me hello, say thank you, I enjoy your podcast. Hey, you suck, you should stop doing what you're doing. I like it. Get out of here, get out of my face. Do whatever it is. So, yeah. So, not only do you support Strange Talk Podcast by downloading the episode and listening to the ads and listening to things, we are also sponsored by a new. We have a new sponsor. I say we because I feel like you, the listener, are part of the Strange Talk podcast family. Um, So we were recently sponsored by a new podcast called Beach Too Sandy, uh, Water Too Wet, I believe. I probably fucked that up already. I don't even know it. (laughs) And they're they're sponsoring me. It's Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet podcast. It's a comedy podcast. So thank you to them for sponsoring Strange Talk podcast. They're making it happen. They're giving me more of a reason to keep doing what I'm doing. But more importantly, you 
the listener is what's making me get out of get my lazy ass out of bed stop being depressed because i drink espresso to cure my depresso to stop being like that and to just keep on getting up and moving on and pushing forward and getting episodes out there so thank you because without you guys okay without the sponsors and you guys strange talk podcast would not be where it is today because i honestly did not think it would be where it's at at all i just thought it was going to be something to do just to stop me from thinking about death and sad and stuff but having said that if you want to help out strange talk podcast you can do that by you know, uh, downloading the episodes and listening to them, which you're probably already doing because you're hearing this right now, or unless you're skipping over them because you don't want to hear me talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just downloading the episodes, listening to them. But the biggest way you can help me out, if you can't send me money, if you can't donate to the Patreon, which I do have a Patreon, which I'm going to start getting actively involved in again. It's uh, my Patreon is a uh, strange talk podcast. Um, Patreon.com slash Strange Talk Podcast. That's where you can find my Patreon. If you really feel like I deserve the support from you, go ahead and do so. I'm going to start getting stickers again. I'm going to start going into all that stuff. I do have some Patreon people. I don't know if they're still actively supporting it, which I don't blame them if they just, you know, jump ship about that because I just kind of was on a brief hiatus for a bit. So I was busy with work and life and shit. But I'm going to be start getting active in my Patreon. I'm really going to start. I'm starting to look into getting t-shirts made because I feel like I want to see my fans wearing the t-shirt. That would be awesome. I'll probably share the single tier of happiness and joy if somebody wears the t-shirt. As all, But, you know, so that that's that's what I'm looking forward to. That's the whole shebang and whatnot. But I feel like I'm not up there yet. But, uh, yeah. So uh, if you're a podcaster and you want to collaborate or you want to just do something together, whether it's an episode or just have your podcast on my podcast, you know, like an intro or whatever, you can, you know, send me a DM on Strange Talk Podcast on Instagram. You know, we can work something out. You know, would have you with me. But also back to you, the listener. The biggest thing, if you can't support me with cash, with quiche money, you, the biggest thing you can do is introduce your friends or family to Strange Talk Podcast. The more people that listen to Strange Talk Podcast and that enjoy it just like you, if you feel like Strange Talk Podcast is for them, tell them about it. Tell your friends when you go back to school, kiddos. Tell them, like, hey, dude, there's this fucking, like, loser-ass guy. He's kind of funny, though, sometimes. And some of the shit he talks about is funny and, and cool check him out brah it's lit af because that's what the kids say nowadays it's lit af (laughs) so do that you know that helps me out a ton or you know if you're um at work you know you're at the water cooler like hey brandon check out this podcast it's called strange shot podcast it's pretty it's pretty cool man it's pretty legit check it out talks about weird stuff man it's pretty cool i don't know if you talk like that but yeah so that's the biggest thing you can do is just help support strange talk podcast any way you can by getting it out there getting everybody into it making them aware of it so again thanks for listening to this episode of this week in crime stay tuned for next episode remember i'm not i'm not going to be launching it on monday anymore because monday I feel like I don't have enough time to record on the weekend since I kind of work the weekends. I work Saturdays, you know, and Sunday I work at night. So I get off like at 3.30 in the morning. So I don't really have time to wake up early to finish the editing on Sunday. So I usually use Monday and Tuesday to get it out. 
and record all I need to get out and stuff. But I'm doing the research as we're speaking and as I'm recording this episode. So I do have a couple of cases that I'm going to be doing because everybody voted. So they, oh yeah, speaking of that, I'm like rambling on. I'm not even thinking. Speaking of that, I on if you're not following me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast, you wouldn't have known. But I recently did a vote and I had the listeners decide and it turned out great. A lot of people uh, voted for what they wanted to be the next episode to be about. And the next episode is going to be about women um killers i know i did women serial killers before and it was very hard to find women serial killers because the majority of women kill mainly their children or children um so this episode is just going to be mothers who killed their children (laughs) because um there are serial killers like women women who kill serial killers there's uh aileen wernos i think that was her name i'm probably fucked up her name i'm terrible with saying names i know already this is strange talk podcast you should know that by now if you're an og listener you should know that by now what you're getting into but uh there's also an australian chick which i am not saying her name yet because i don't want to give it away but if you already know just from the fact that she's australian i'm gonna be doing an episode on her i just want to save it because it's it's a good episode and i want to wait till it dies down a little bit because although it was a while ago last podcast on the left did her and i know i cannot live up to her and i don't want to be compared to them I cannot be. I cannot live up to the expectations of people who listen to last podcast on the left because they are far better than I, and I. I don't. I cannot be compared to them because I will always lose. But they're amazing. So if you never heard of last podcast on the left, um, check them out because they are way more funnier and they're way more awesome than I. And they are basically what inspired me to start my own podcast. But um, I'm going to be doing an episode about. Louise Porton, she's the headliner, if you will. If this was like a, a, a serial killer festival, music festival, she is the headliner. So be prepared for Wednesday's episode because I'm not launching them on Monday anymore. So remember, guys, when it's Monday and you're like, hey, we're Strange Talk Podcast episode, it's not happening on Monday anymore. It's going to be from now on. They're both going to be up on Wednesday because Wednesdays are the best time for me to get the episodes out there. So having said that, be prepared for Louise Porton and other mothers who have killed their children. And Louise Porton's reason why she killed her children, because that actually happened recently. So thank you to Shy. Um, she knows who she is. Um, she sent that to me on Instagram. She was the one that told me, hey, you should do this chick, this fucking bitch. But um, she was the one that made me aware of it. That actually recently happened. It happened this week, I think, or something, or last month, a couple months ago, I think. So it's fairly new what Louise Porton did to her children. And the reason why she killed her children you know spoiler warning she kills her children uh will shock you i know that's clickbaity as fuck but i want you guys to tune in to hear why she killed her children what reason did she kill her children for you will find out on wednesday's episode of mothers who killed their children okay she's gonna be with a long list not a long list but she's gonna be with other cases of women who killed their children and a lot of it's kind of sad so be prepared for a miserable episode of strange talk podcast of mothers who killed so thank you again for listening to this episode and as always stay strange